the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Welcome to today's show. Today we have an amazing man of God, and I totally believe you will be blessed by his testimony. Um, but I want you to stick around, remember, because the latter part of the show deals with the last chapter of Malachi. Thank you uh, for taking this journey with us, and it's been amazing. But without further ado, Ron Troxel, thank you very much for joining us today on the show. Pastor Adam, it's a pleasure to be with you. Woohoo! So, listen, Ron. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself so our listeners kind of know a little bit of background about you, and then we'll go into a Q&A. Okay. Um, I was uh, born and raised, uh, like you, Oceanside, California. Mm, amen. Uh, I'm an Oceanside Unified School District uh, kid from uh, K through 12. Uh, went to Maricosta for two years. Uh, then went on to uh, University of California, Riverside. And then uh, went to San Diego State, got my master's. And I was a Oceanside High School teacher uh, for 38 years and was blessed to uh, be uh, hired by the Oceanside Unified School District, which I attended my first 12 years. So kind of like a coming home for me. I'm so glad you're here with us today. You know, it's funny you mentioned the school district. We've been been literally showing up to all of the... uh, uh, school district meetings because of all of the indoctrination that's going on right now. And, you know, we are making an effort to make a difference and hopefully uh, they they work with us and get some of this uh, pornography that is in, in our books at school out of the libraries. But, you know, thank you for being here. Ron, you know, you had a, um, a small stint with uh, in the Major League Baseball. Um, who did you play for? I played uh, briefly with the uh, Minnesota Twins and uh, in uh, Wisconsin Rapids Minor League. And uh, that season and a half, and then uh, went back and got my teacher credential and uh, probably gave up on it maybe too soon. But I kind of was uh, young and I wanted to get on with a career, and I just thought that uh, getting back into education was the way to go uh, awesome. at the time. Awesome. So you pitched, right? You were a pitcher. Yes, yes. I pitched uh, all through high school and junior college, college, and uh, was blessed to have a, a strong arm, and it held up all the years I played. And uh, just recently, it's finally worn out where I've gone to a specialist, and they said, you uh, you don't have a rotator cuff tear. You have a, you need a whole new shoulder. Oh, my so goodness. I got to uh, play and, and do batting practice That's when I was coaching, uh, it held up really good until uh, this last year. I found out it's it's finally gone out on me, but I can still golf 
so that's good. <laughs> that's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, tell me, did did you enjoy your uh, your stint in the uh, in baseball in the pros? I did. I um, I think I was happier playing college ball. Uh, the minor league is a definite uh, was a definite change for me. It was a it's a tough life, and I think that was uh, partly what I got disillusioned having it much better in college in the facilities that we had. And um, if I had been probably more mature and not so immature, I think I probably would have stuck around a little bit longer with it. Um, I certainly had some friends I played ball with who made it all the way to the big leagues and uh, had contact with them later on. And they said the same thing, you know, you, you should be here with us. But, you know, uh, I think the Lord had a different direction for me to go. And that's, that's what I look back on and say he definitely wanted me to go into education. Amen. So I was blessed, like I said, to be uh, able to get my education and, and uh, fortunate enough to have the Ocean Signified Schools. I think I was a decent enough teacher to hire me. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So I, I have a question. So, of course, you were an Oceanside Pirate. Woohoo! <laughs> Pirates. Um, how was your, uh, your high school career? I mean, did, did you play varsity as a, as a sophomore or as a freshman? No, I uh, played, played freshman ball. Back in those days, um, <clears throat> Oceanside was still one school. There wasn't El Camino. And I remember my freshman baseball year, we had over 100 kids go out. Oh, my and goodness. Out. And it was, uh, I mean, there was so much talent, as you know, at Oceanside High School that, um, I mean, it's, it was just, there were kids who probably got cut there were kids who probably I saw in PE class that never went out for a sport who could have been starters. There was just so much talent. Wow. So, yeah, at each level, it was, uh, I mean, to even think about being a sophomore playing varsity in those days, you had to be a special phenomenon to do that. So I went uh, freshman ball, then played uh, JV ball with uh, Coach Wickham, and then I played a year with Herb Myers, was our baseball coach, and then Bill Williams. Uh, my senior year, I had a great time. Oceanside uh, did me good, period. Amen. No complaints. Amen. No you complaints. Know, amen. You know what's uh, interesting? When you mentioned Carl, just when you mentioned him now, Carl Wickham, he, he was my defensive back coach, but I, I just remembered right now that he was the baseball coach for a little while. Yes. He, um, he coached, uh, at least for me, he coached JV. I know he coached varsity uh, before uh, Coach Barrett took over. And, and of course, he's a longtime football coach. And Carl was just more than my coach. And I came back to the high school for Coach Barrett and I. He, he became our friend. I mean, he was, uh, I think he was kind of tickled that here. He had two students come back, and uh, players for him were actually coaching and teaching there. But we looked up to him like a father figure. And uh, I love the man. He was just, he was always great to me. That's awesome. So let me ask you a little bit about education. Um, you taught, was it the freshmen or the sophomores when you were there? And what, and what subject I, did you teach? Primarily, when I first got there, I was all over the place because uh, I think the uh, Don Holton was the principal at the time. Yes. And Paul was the athletic director. And I think they did a lot to try to get uh, the folks they knew, like Dave Barrett, myself. Um, they they wanted us 
to get in and, and somehow get on the staff. So you paid your dues. We bounced, I bounced around a lot. I did uh, English teaching. I did math. I did PE for a long time. But what I really specialized in the last 20-plus years was I did uh, government economics for the senior kids and did uh, AP government for quite a while. So that was probably like the last 20 years. But I think the first 20 years, I was kind of like all over the place, um, wherever they needed me, sort of speak. So that's awesome. So, I mean, it worked out. Yeah. I mean, that segues into my next question. Government. How different is government now than it was then? You know, I was in high school, so I'm not really looking into government. You just know who the president that just got voted, the, the VP, and then some of the senators or congressmen. But how does it differ from back then to right now? I think a lot of what I see is I, I don't think students today are getting the fundamentals uh, drilled into them. I hear so much um, folks on both sides of the political spectrum talk about our democracy, our democracy, this our democracy. Well, they need to start from the foundation, and our founding fathers gave us a constitutional republic. Amen. You know, and so they need to drill the fundamentals of what we really are, because we're not this democracy that you would think that everybody has a, particip- a participatory uh, involvement. You know, a lot of it is through our representative leaders. And, um, and so I tried to make it as simple as possible for the kids for every step of the way we went through. It's, you know, who has the power, how did they get it? And what do they do with it? And that third question, what they do with it, you know, that's on our watch, you know, that we should be watching these people, uh, what they do with the power that we, the people have given them, uh, through, um, fair and free elections. Amen. That's well said. Um, Here's my next question. How intricate, because, I mean, if you were teaching it, you actually know where our founding fathers uh, came from and how our Constitution was put together and, and, you know, documents that were used and and, uh, their belief. So tell me a little bit about... um, the belief of our founding fathers and how our constitution was put together Ron. Well, you know, the uh, early uh, teachers that we had in our public school system, you know, a lot of those, you'd love this, but you know, most of them were, were pastors first. Amen. And they, and they were part of our educational system. Um, They, uh, if you really want to go back and we never had the time in California, uh, the framework, but if we had more time, you could really study the history of our founding fathers. And many of these men uh, were God-fearing uh, uh, Christian men. Yes. And um, we, we sometimes we forget that. We don't want to preach that or teach that to our kids because of uh, trying to be politically correct and all the uh, those things. But I think, you know, you're, you're, we're missing a huge thing on how that shaped our country, you know. I would tell the kids there is no other nation in the world that was founded on a Judeo-Christian uh, foundation than the United States. It was Israel, that, that premise of uh, their judicial philosophy, 
and we adapted it for our own on a Christian. So Judeo-Christian, very seriously, that is the heart of the American Republic. And, um, and it's, it, it, I am just, to this day, I'm just floored what they gave us. And Amen. to see how we have manipulated it to fit our political spectrum today on either side, it bothers me to a degree. Wow, that's awesome. Hey, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas. And I am curr- we currently have an amazing man of God who came out of the, the teaching, the, um, the knowing the function of government because he taught that. And so with that, let me ask you another question, Ron. Um, when did you give your life to the Lord? And Actually, how- I was... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. And, and how was your encounter? You know, um, I, was, I was blessed to have a mom and dad um, who, who, who loved each one of their kids. And uh, my mom, very early on, and my father were role models. And uh, I knew about Christ at a very early age. I mean, I probably could not, uh, you know, talk like I would now because I really didn't have the bearings that I would get later on in life. But I got exposed to the church very early in life. I was probably, um, when I really understood what I was doing, I was probably maybe a junior or senior during that. And this is back in the late 60s, early 70s, when the Jesus Revolution, that movie just came out, yes. was going on. And I read a book by Hal Lindsey, The Late Great Planet Earth. Yes. And I started to kind of realize, whoa, some of this stuff is, hitting home. And, uh, and I went through a period where that was very strong in my life. And then I think I got into uh, being where I was that prodigal son, where I kind of wanted to do my own thing, rebelled a little bit. And then uh, once I got, came back and I was done playing ball and I settled down and I came back to Oceanside and got into education. And at that point I felt like, you know, I needed to be a role model and went back on those foundations of what I had been raised with and, um, and slowly kind of gave myself back and have hit and a miss. But it was really when I would talk to with coach Barrett, he was on my case week after week, you know, come to our Bible study, come to our Bible study. Amen. Finally I did. And that was uh, a number of years ago back now, but um, I know it was God saying, I'm done playing around with you. I want you to get back and get on my team, and, and I think he used Dave Barrett to uh, uh, push me a little bit, encourage me a little bit, and, uh, and the, the people in our, I call it our 555 Wednesday club, but uh, we'd meet at 555 at the high school, and, uh, and that's when I kind of say, okay, I'm back to where I need to be. Amen. So, so you were surrounded by it your whole life. Um, but was there a specific moment where you just said, "Jesus, come into my heart"? I, I, I believe you. I know. I know you died for my sins. I know you rose from the grave on the third day. Be my God and be my Savior. Was there a moment in your life um, that you said that personally? Because I, I, I get it. When you grow up around family. It, it it seems like you're a Christian your whole life, but was there a moment when you said, I need you, God. I, I believe all this, and, and I need you to make a change in my life. Yeah, for me it was, uh, I went to a, um, 
a Jesus People movement down at Royal Palms Inn in Carlsbad with a group of kids from high school. And, uh, and I saw a, a friend of mine who I played ball with. We were like from Little League on up. And he came in and he was on, um, on drugs and completely out of his mind. And we prayed for him. And, uh, I mean, he was higher than a kite and he came down instantly. Amen. Gave his life to Christ. And the same evening, um, I'd heard about stuff like this. I had heard about tongues and interpretation of tongues. And there was someone that evening who was speaking in tongues in a large congregation. And there was a couple folks, uh, uh, who followed up and there was interpretation. And I went, Oh my goodness, this stuff is real. God <laughs> is real. He's, you know, if this was hey Ron, you want, you wanted me to get your attention. Is this good enough for you? And at that point I said, I need this. This, and that was really where I can remember, uh, no fooling around, uh, Lord Jesus Christ, I want you in my life um, forevermore. That's powerful. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing when, when somebody takes that step. Um, let me ask you a question. You know, you're now retired. Um, you, I'm, part of, I'm blessed to be part of this uh, fellowship on Wednesday mornings at that you have um, you and Barrett and Willie Banks and all of these these amazing men of God. Um, what do you do in your retirement? How do you stay focused on on God? And how do you continue to be a light in this dark world? You know, for me, it uh, I looked at uh, what happened during COVID. And uh, it actually turned out to be, for me, Adam, um, a blessing because we were all kind of locked down and, and uh, we didn't really know, looking back, you know, what the protocol was. And uh, some churches were closed. Some churches remained open. And uh, I was in the process of moving up uh, away from Oceanside, Carlton at the time. And uh, I, I actually, um, uh, you know, a person that you know about, uh, Amir Safati, a Messianic Jew who uh, uh, does his program, and I was listening to him. And uh, I started getting back into watching uh, um, YouTube programs and sermons, and I hit upon a friend of his who is uh, a pastor and still is, senior pastor, at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, Jack Hibbs. I like him. And I started really honing in on some of these uh, people I had never even heard of. Uh, read some books from Jonathan Kahn, uh, Oracle, The Harbinger, uh, Return of the Gods. And I just started really reading and uh, getting back into uh, the Old Testament. I had always spent more time on the New Testament. And during COVID, it really forced me and some of our Bible study was in the Old Testament, and it just really opened up. And uh, now when I talk to people up here, you know, it's, um, it's more on the Old Testament stuff. Amen. And what God has done in the nation of Israel, and uh, how some of that same stuff has spilled over to what our founding fathers did to ask that same uh, Jewish God, Yahweh, to be our God. Amen. And as long as we stayed with him, you know, he would have this, this covenant. I mean, we were the only other nation in the world that has done that to the same God of, of, of creation. 
Amen. So uh, I really got to really zone back in on the roots. And if you know the uh, New Testament, you know, and it just opened up so much more because a lot of the people that we're reading about in the New Testament, they're quoting all the Old Testament. Amen. And they didn't have a New Testament to witness to people in 2,000 years ago. And That's correct. I go, oh, my gosh, this Old Testament it's alive and well. It's just, it's just, a, it's just beautiful. I mean, the whole thing is just not dead. It's just, it just keeps uh, living on. Amen. You know, you just said something really interesting because part of the message today, you know, we're in the book of Malachi, chapter four, and in uh, First Corinthians, chapter ten, which we'll go over, you know, when I do the message today. But it says that the Old Testament was written for our example for our admonition. And so we do. I mean, you know, right now with the group that meet at 555 and um, you're there, we're, you know, we're we're seeing these kings and their flaws and those that do well and those that come in and those that don't do it 100%. And we we get to see how God moved in these men. Um, So let me ask you a question. So, you know, you're more in the Old Testament now, um, and you just mentioned that you're able to talk to some of your friends. Um, have you led any people to the Lord lately? Have you had the opportunity to just tell them about God and then pour into them? Or or have you been part of kind of getting them back on track? You know, I, 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 I'm no longer living in North County. We moved up to... Uh, a place right below San Luis Obispo is yes. called Napomo. And uh, I came up here, and I was looking to get into a Bible study, and I did a group of guys, but it, just, it wasn't as quaint as that even came up this last Wednesday when we were together, how we're a smaller group, and it's more quaint, it's more personal. Yes. And uh, so I kind of flocked back to that. Uh, some of the people up here have uh, told me that I didn't have to say anything. They kind of knew there was something about me that um, they kind of sensed that. And I always think about Dave Barrett's son, Steve, when he, he said a long time ago, he goes, preach the gospel as often as possible. Use words when necessary. So I think a lot of times it's, it's how you act in front of people, in a group of people. And I had a, uh, uh, a friend of mine up here now who said that uh, he— he kind of sensed that in me, even though I didn't point blank witness to him or anything. I think he just, uh, just my demeanor. And then we later talked, I said, I'm, uh, I believe in Jesus Christ. And he said, you know, I sensed that because I kind of picked that up. Amen. So I kind of thought, Hey, that's the first time I've ever heard that guy it made me kind of feel good that, you know, it, you don't have to really go out and get in someone's, uh, uh, space and, and witness as just sometimes just allowing the spirit of God in you, uh, people picked up. And if they're in, interested, they'll ask you questions and then you get to follow up. So Amen. I've been able to do that on that whole, I mean, as far as out witnessing on a daily basis, uh, you know, no, but I'm trying to be uh, God's light on a daily basis. Hey Amen. That, that's hard awesome. to do. <laughs> no, no doubt. I mean, it's, um, we just, we need to stay in his word. That's how, that's how we become overcomers because that's literally God speaking with us. So let me ask, let me uh, um, ask you a question and then, 
and, and hopefully you can encourage some of these teachers because we have a lot of people listening to the show now. It's 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 rapid. It's it's people like it. Um, what would you tell a teacher today, and how would you encourage someone who finds himself um, in a school now? And of course, we know how it's all gone woke. And b- b- what I mean by that is, God is the last thing, and they're allowing sin to run rapid. But what would you tell a man of God who is a teacher, or someone who's just listening and is a teacher? What would you tell them? How would you um, encourage them? And, and how, what would you say to them? You know, it's, it's so important, as you know, and um, our, our Wednesday fellowship, you know, that started at the high school when we were all still teaching and coaching up there. And I would encourage that if you're a, a, a man or woman of God and you're coaching or you're teaching and you find out other people uh, that are Christians too, that, you know, you, you may want to seriously think about having a, a fellowship. Um, I can't tell you how many times we walk away from Wednesdays and sometimes we'd go as a group to the flagpole and we would all just do an open prayer, uh, five, six of us in our study, you know, and students would see that, you know, they see that and, and, uh, realize that, you know, what we were doing, um, but it's so important to have that fellowship with other people, if possible. I would say I tell the younger teachers that uh, I'm still in contact with up there, and I always say, you know, close when you close the door, have fun. You know, you're a man or a woman of God, and God's going to give you the light to shine, and and you and you got to go to Him on a daily basis and ask for that help because you can't do it on your own. It's, it's going to wear and tear you. So I would encourage them, be in the Word, try to be half fellowship. But when the door's closed, you're with 35, 40 kids, whatever it is now, have fun. Make it fun. Have fun and, and, uh, and not be afraid of the truth. And the truth can be something that's just uh, the way your actions are. And a lot of times I believe that I picked up from uh, teachers, whether they said they were or were not, you know uh, a teacher who's, who's got morals just by the way they conduct themselves. And um, I know before I retired, it started kind of going, you know, things changed. And I, um, we talked about it in our fellowship, you know. Um, we're praying for these teachers today and these coaches today, uh, for our students today. Amen, Ron. Thank you so much for being on the show today. You are amazing, and I am sure those listening today will be blessed. God bless you. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back for the latter part of the show as we are in the book of Malachi. We love you. God bless you. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. 
Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Woohoo! Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas. We just had an incredible man of God who uh, played in the pros, uh, played baseball, was a pitcher, um, eventually continued his education and was a teacher for many years. And I hope that was encouraging to you because I know there are a lot of teachers listening today. Um, tell someone about the show. This show is is on fire for Jesus. So today we are in the, the last chapter of Malachi. I want to thank those of you that have been on this journey with us. And uh, today is chapter four. And let me just start this book off by reminding you that God spoke to the people, spoke to the priests. They had walked away. They were discouraged. It had been a hundred years since they'd been back in their land after being released from their enslavement to Babylon. They were in Babylon 70 years. And and during this time of Malachi, um, the folks had somehow stopped learning, stopped getting filled with God and were on their own way of destruction. But as we see, chapter 4 now ends with some encouraging words to these people. Um, Zechariah, Haggai, a lot of these promises that these men, these prophets had prophesied were not fulfilled in their day. So I can see how it's so easy to get discouraged But know that God is faithful to his word. But before we start in in Malachi chapter 4, I wanted to read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 10 so that you can see that the Old Testament was written for your and my example and also for our admonition so that we would see how God dealt with his people and the comparison now to the church and how he deals with sin and how he deals with righteousness. But most of all, we can, we can always know that God is faithful and when he says something, it's going to happen. But let me start with 1 Corinthians chapter 10 so it kind of warms you up. Not kind of, it does warm you up before we go into the book of Malachi chapter 4. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says this, chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians. Moreover, brethren, I will not that you should be ignorant. Don't be mad that you should not be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. You know, they were saturated. They were, com- they were completely uh, blessed, baptized, submerged. With the clouds on top, the the water on the sides, and did all eat the same spiritual meat. Remember the manna from heaven? And that was spiritual because it came 
from heaven directly to feed them and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. We know that that rock that followed them was Jesus and they did all drink of that spiritual drink. Yes, they drank of the word of God, yet we know that they rebelled, that followed them, and that rock was Christ and is Christ. For with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, I want to jump back to four and remind you that Jesus was that rock, that Jesus has always been Remember what John said, in the beginning was a word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then later on in verse 14, as we start first John, uh, John chapter 1, it says that the word became flesh. God became flesh, so that rock that fallen on was God, was Jesus, like the Bible says. And, of course, we see that. Um, like five again, I'll read it. But with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness because of their sin, because of their disobedience, because of their rebellion, they were overthrown. They were cursed because of their disobedience. Now, these things were for our example and for our intent that we should not lust after evil things as they lusted. How more clear can God's word be? Don't lust after any of these things that these folks lusted. Remember their sexual immorality. Remember they're complaining, they're murmuring, they're not listening, they're disobedient. Now verse 7 says this, Neither be ye adulterers as were some of them, as it is written. Don't be an idolater. Don't worship other gods. Keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Now, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. See, when that becomes more important, when you take your eyes off the Lord, when you get disappointed and get angry, that's when you can go astray and you will play with sin as they did. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed. Now, do you know what fornication is, right? That is literally sex outside of marriage. But it's also sex that God has not sanctioned. Sex is only sanctioned, excuse me, in marriage between a man and a woman. Not someone who thinks they can change their gender Not someone who believes they were born in the wrong body. No, God did not make a mistake when he created you. If you're listening to the show and you're struggling with that sin and thinking that you were a man or a woman when you are one or the other, God does not make any mistakes. Listen, listen to what it says. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day 23,000. 23,000 were struck down from these people that rose up to play and thought they could do what they wanted to, to do. But listen, you know who sets the standard? You know who sets the rules? God. You know why? Because he's the creator, whether you accept that or not. The Bible is flawless. Many people have set out to disprove it. And in their 
journey, in their passage, as they walk through, they come to realize that God exists, that God is real. See, we are all born with the knowledge of God. The Bible says that you and I are without excuse in Romans chapter 1. Verse 9 says, neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of the serpents. Isn't that amazing that Christ was with them? That's God. You know, Jesus Christ wasn't born until literally almost 3,000 years later after this, this happened. But Christ has always been from the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That word God is Elohim. It's a plural name for God. And as we go, and as we continue to read, it says, Neither murmur as some of them also murmured. They were complaining. They were talking bad about each other, especially Moses, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now, all these things happen unto them for our example. These are written so that we can see the mind of God, so that we can see how God deal, dealt with his people and how God deals with sin. And they are written for our admonition upon which the ends of the world are come. So it's very clear. The end is near. The end has been near since, since the New Testament was written. It has been written. It is in the word that the end is near. How much more now when we see everything coming to pass? Verse 12 says this. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed. Lest he fall. You know what that's saying? Believer, if you think you stand, listen carefully. Take heed. Know who you are. Make sure you are following God on a daily basis. Make sure that you are meeting him every single day. Christ set the example. He would early in the morning seek his father. Go out and meet his father. We need to do what he did. He set the example. We need to seek our daddy, our heavenly father. Therefore hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Don't be surprised what comes upon you. Every man is hit with sin. Some are stronger than the others because some of us play a little different. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above Above that you are able. God would never let you be tempted above more than what you can handle. That's for the believer. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then it's all gone. It's all play. It's, there's no restrainer in your life. This is speaking specifically to the believer. That if you think you're standing tall, if you think you're all that, take heed. Listen up. Carefully, this is the word of God speaking to you and I. But will with the temptation all always make a way so that you may be able to escape it, that you may be able to bear it. And so now we see that it was written for our example. Listen, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas as we are going through the book of Malachi and we just read in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 how the Old Testament was written for our example. Malachi chapter 4, verse 1 says this, For behold, the day cometh, 
that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, all that do wickedly shall be stubble, and that day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. I love what Second Peter 3, 7 says. It is amazing. Let me read that to you because I always love to see what the word says and how it refreshes us. It says this, but the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men, of ungodly men. So, you know, when the church is taken up at the great resurrection, when the dead in Christ rise first, then we which are alive are caught up to meet the Lord in the air. That's, that's God saving us from the judgment that's going to come upon the earth with great fire. With great fire, the word of God says. But you know what's amazing? That as we continue to read in Peter, it says this, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. He's, he's from eternity. God is eternal. So time is irrelevant to him. He is eternal. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, Lord, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat that the earth also and the words that are therein shall be burned up. And see, that's what God saves us, a believer from, the judgment of God. The seven-year tribulation is the judgment of God for the unbelieving world. For the unbelieving world, if you find yourself left behind, if the rapture happens right now or tomorrow or the next day, because I believe it could happen at any moment right now, at any moment, know that you can still call upon God during this period of time. Now, what I love about his word is that in Revelation chapter 8, Verse 7, this is part of the first three and a half years because the tribulation is seven years. And again, let me repeat for that, repeat that for you. Revelations 8, 7, at, uh, after the seventh seal, the seventh seal opens up the trumpet. And the trumpet, the first trumpet says this, And the seventh angels, which had the seven trumpets, prepared themselves to sound the first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood. We've never seen that on planet Earth where the hail and blood is mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth, and the third part of the trees was burnt up, and all the green grass was burnt up. God's word is powerful. God's word is going to happen. Even if you don't believe it, will your unbelief make it untrue? Absolutely not. The latter part of the tribulation, when God 
completely pours out his wrath on on planet Earth. And as we begin to see it in, in Revelation 16, 8 and 9, it says this in after the fourth vial is cast out. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire, and men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed me the name of God, which had power over these plagues, and they repented not to give glory. Can you imagine during this last half part of the tribulation, no one repents the last three and a half years. No one does. They see God's wrath, complete wrath, the last three and a half years, and no one repents. When they repent is the first three and a half years. After that, you never see a man repent in Scripture. Even after they are being burnt up, they do not repent and give him glory. This is an admonition for you, church. This is an admonition for you, unbeliever. Verse 2 of chapter 4 says, But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. That's to you, believer. That's for you to see what God wants to do for you. He wants to bless you. He wants to grow you. And it says this, And you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And you shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do it. Do this, saith the Lord of hosts. That's at his second coming. That's at the end of the tribulation when he burns up all of these folks, when all of this is burned up with fire. Verse 4 of Malachi says this, Remember you the law of Moses and my servant, which I commanded you unto him. In Horeb for all of Israel with the statutes and judgments. Do you remember this? Behold, he says this. But prior to that, I want to I want to remind you that they were not keeping the law of Moses. Their eyes were off of God. But he was encouraging him. He was saying, Hey, this is coming. You can repent. I want to be good to you. I, I want to do you good. Verse 5 says this: Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Now, we know that John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah. We know that for sure. But I want to um, come back to this verse and, and show you, and as it shows us, that Elijah will appear. If you've ever read um, in Second Kings, the story of Elijah, and especially in Second Kings two eleven, where Elijah never experienced death, he was taken up to heaven to be in the presence of God without ever experiencing death. The Bible in Hebrew says, "For it is appointed for man to die." Once, then after this judgment, everyone has to die except for those that go in the rapture. When the great resurrection happens, when the dead in Christ rise first. But this is dealing with Elijah. Elijah is one of the two anointed ones that stands in the presence of God. And you can read that in Zechariah 4.14, but 
more clearly so that you know what this is saying um, in Revelations 11, 3 and 4. It talks about the two witnesses that are here the first three and a half years. And the only people that those two witnesses can possibly be, some believe that it's Moses and Elijah, but it can be. There's another man who never experienced death, and that was Enoch. In Genesis, it tells us that he walked with God, and he was no more because God took him. There are only two men who stand in the presence as God's anointed, as we read in Zechariah 4.14, and these men must come back to earth as they evangelize, and it seems like they're evangelizing uh, more towards those 144,000 Jewish people that God uses to perhaps spread his message. We know that they are worshipers, but when you worship, you're sending out a message that God is good, that only he is worthy of all adoration. As you know, and if and if you read what happens to these two people that are here during the Great Tribulation, they're put to death. They are put to death. And I want to read that to you. Revelations 11, 3, and 4 um, says this. I like for you to always know what the Bible says and, and not my opinion. Revelation 3, 4 says this. And I will give power unto my two witnesses. These are the witnesses that appear the first three and a half years, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days, three and a half years, sack, uh, with uh, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees. Remember Zechariah 4, 2, and 3, and 11 and 14 uh, that speaks about these guys, and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And if any man hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in the manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven and rain in the days of their prophecy and have power over water to turn them to blood and smite the earth with all plagues as often as they shall. And when they shall have finished a testimony, the beast that ascendeth, this is the enemy, out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them, and their dead bodies shall be in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, which also our Lord was crucified. This is in Jerusalem, which has not now gone astray, and they are worshiping the Antichrist, or getting ready to worship him. They, they, the man is already prevalent, and they of the people and the kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall suffer their dead bodies to put in the graves. And they that do dwell on the earth, that dwell on the earth, shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth. They were speaking the word of God and they were tormented by the word of God. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered them again and they stood upon their feet and great fear fell upon them which saw them, and they that heard a great noise from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. They were raptured up, and they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies beheld them. And the same hour there was a great earthquake, and a tenth part of the city fell, and in the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand, and the remnant were affrighted. 
and gave glory to the God of heaven. And the second world was passed, and behold, the third world cometh weekly. Isn't it incredible to know Scripture? Isn't it incredible to back up Scripture with Scripture? Now, the final verse in Malachi 6 says this, And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So Elijah, and whom I completely believe to be the other witness, the other olive who stands in the presence of God and are sent to witness the first three and a half years of God's judgment upon earth is Elijah and Enoch. Um, they preach, and God is giving the world another opportunity. That's the God of mercy that we serve, that that we serve. That's the God who is calling you right now, who is calling you to give him your whole heart. See, it's you may be in ministry, you may be a pastor behind the pulpit. You may consider yourself a prophet. You may have the greatest ministry, the biggest church. But if your heart does not belong to God, then you're just as lost as that person who hasn't accepted Jesus. God wants your heart. This is God showing mercy. This is God speaking to you today, that he wants your heart, your voice, your ministry, your pastoral duties, your church duties, the great witness that you are, if he doesn't own your heart, he doesn't own you, and you're lost in your sin. Today you have the opportunity to call on Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. I love you. Bless me. Change me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my God. And my dear wife, Clita Riojas, is going to close us in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity to hear your truth. Father, we pray for all the teachers out there, the, the teachers of America, Father God, those Christians that are still in the public school system fighting the battle on the front lines. We pray protection over them. We pray, Father God, that more would stand up against the indoctrination of our, of our children, Father God. And, Father, we just lay everything down at your feet in Jesus' name. We love you. Thank you for tuning in. And we hope that you come back next week and see us again at Sundays at 5. If you'd like to come visit us live, it's 2112 El Camino Real. And our church is in Oceanside. We would love to have you visit with us. Thank you for tuning in. Know that God loves you. God loves you and wishes that none should perish. In Jesus' name. We love you. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on KPraise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. 
The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.